Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. When natural disaster strikes, it not only impacts our own family, but often entire neighborhoods or communities. In the face of disaster, a disaster preparedness and response program presented by Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky seeks to give families the resources they need to prepare for a natural disaster before it occurs and rebound in the aftermath. My guest today is Dr. Amy Kostelik, Extension Specialist for Adult Development and Aging. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Mindy. Thanks for having me today to talk about this important topic. It's just consideration for special needs. So again, for people who are older, frail, vulnerable, for people with disabilities or who have disabilities. But again, I think the biggest pointer here, tip here, is to try to help people with special needs evacuate before an emergency when possible instead of waiting till the last minute. Another recommendation that doesn't just include vulnerable populations, but really anybody in in cases of disaster are whistles. If people have whistles, especially if they're not able to evacuate or they become trapped, a whistle can really help rescuers find where you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's then you've got to think about where do you put that whistle? You know, where do you put your glasses? Where do you put your hearing aids? And so... That's why it's important to have things like on your bed stand or your nightstand so that you can quickly grab it if you're, you know, having to evacuate like in the middle of the right. night. Um, you stick those things in your pocket so that they're on your person so that if you do become trapped, for example, you might have a better chance at being able to get to it, like get, getting to that whistle. And then again, I said this before, but just to reemphasize, when you're considering persons with special needs to really in advance identify shelters that cater to special needs so that older adults, people with disabilities can avoid waiting in long lines, um, sleeping in crowded or loud places, you know, places that might cause additional stress and confusion. So there are specific places that are available depending on the community for people with special needs. And I know uh, we talked earlier about pets, but what recommendations do you have for pets? Well, some of the things, you know, that again, like the CDC would recommend is that you make it, you know, when possible, and, and that's ideal that we can plan, plan for ahead. a disaster, mm-hmm. which we know isn't always the case. But if that's the case, they really recommend making arrangements with a, with your vet or a shelter if you know you're not going to be able to take that animal with right. you and just trying to plan that out so that you're not stuck with a pet. Or like Mindy said, you know, you, you don't have a plan for the pet. So you just decide not to abandon them, abandon the animal and stay at home with them. Yes. Um, And I know that it's important that people know how to find one another. So there are lots of siblings in my family and we have emergency contacts for each other. So everybody knows where to find everybody. A good idea is to know each other's blood types and, and if you have any emergency adaptive equipment, allergies, immunizations, who the emergency contacts are. You know, I have siblings who live out of the country. At the moment, we've got a nephew who is living in the country and his parents live out of the country. So, you know, all of these things are important to make sure that all of these contacts are made and, and we've got to have all of that. Yeah, for sure. If something happens, 
We got to know where everybody is. It right? is. And, and just having that documentation because, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's chaos and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, I need my prescriptions refilled or I've lost my wheelchair and how do I get how do I get that replaced? And so making copies of important papers and putting them in waterproof pouches. So the ideal would be that you have a copy for yourself, but that you also keep a copy somewhere else. It may be a safety deposit box and it also may be with a family member so that you've got someone who you trust so that you've got sort of check points, you know, with those those important documents. And those might include things like your passport, a driver's license, copies of these, Mm -hmm. social security cards, wills, deeds, advanced directives. I think I said that earlier. Something else in addition to your medications and prescriptions and dosages is also with your mobility and medical equipment. You may not think to include in your paperwork the style and the serial numbers. Again, that might help with insurance and claims Mm -hmm. and getting things back. And so again, you know, making sure that you keep copies with yourself in some sort of waterproof pouch, both on and off site as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's all great information. So what about uh, um, older adults who live in long-term care facilities? What do we need to make sure that we have for those people? Great question. That's a, gr- a great question. So where a person lives and the types of support they receive can really affect the way you know their safety and their well-being is during a disaster. And so in nursing homes, assisted living facilities, memory care units, for example, the law does require that these communities provide assistance in states of emergency. But as you can imagine, or as you maybe even seen on the news, this is a big task. And, you know, even the, the staff is vulnerable right. and the staff is at risk or the facilities are at risk. You know, when you've got a facility full of potential residents who might not be able to walk on their own, or they've got difficulty following direction because of cognitive impairment, others might be on life-sustaining medical, medical equipment, mobility devices, and so forth. It can be a, a scary time. And so it's, <laughs> it's, you would hope then as a family member, you can trust that the facility has, you know, preparation and plans in place when a natural disaster would hit. And so the CDC, again, and different organizations like Aging Care, they're going to recommend and have, and we'll list this in the resources as well, lots of different questions that you can ask. So there might be some general emergency planning questions that might include things like, you know, just as simple as, what is your emergency plan? Do you have an emergency plan? Just so that you sort of know what it is too. And and where do you go to shelter in place if we've got to evacuate people from this facility? And how are you getting residents down the stairs and things like that? Okay. You might want to ask about the staff training. What kind of staff training do you have here? Do that? Do you include? How long does that happen? Do you practice the training? Like we were saying, sure. we should practice in our own homes. And then you should also ask about the family communication. You know, who from this facility is going to contact us? Are you going to contact us? What are the on-site resources that they have available, such as generators, backup systems? How long does that last? Do they have, you know, a three to seven day supply of medications for each resident, things like that? And then just the basic evacuation procedures to ask, you know, how does the actual evacuation go down Mm -hmm. at that facility? I'm almost overwhelmed (laughs) with all of this information. So I can imagine that a family member or an older adult who might be listening to us is going to be a little bit overwhelmed too. But the good news is we have resources um, and we have lots of information that we will share in our show notes. But so after a disaster, older adults and their families can turn to aging services for help. And in Kentucky, this may include the Department for Aging and Independent Living, Area Agencies on Aging, Local Senior Centers, and of course, the Cooperative Extension Service. 
We are so excited that you took the time to share with us today, Dr. Kostelik, and I know that the resources that we have for recovering from natural disasters can be a great resource for our listeners as well. Yeah, we will post those resources, and I'm, I'm happy that Extension can get that information out there. And I think the more that people talk about it, Mindy, the more familiar we can get with what needs to be done in in cases of emergency like that. And as we've seen with Ian, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. This will take months and perhaps years to recover from. And so don't get discouraged and just keep plugging on uh, because we know that it will take time. If you have just tuned in, you are listening to Talking Facts and we are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.